Bulls and the Bears, sponsored by Online Trading Academy, the most trusted name in financial education and celebrating 25 years of service. I am Aaron Warby, and I am joined again this week by my wife, Tarina Warby. Hello, and good morning. I don't know. It's a podcast, so I guess they don't have to say that. So I'll say, hi, y'all. Hope you're having a great day, right? (laughs) Whatever day it is that you get to listen to, whatever time it is, because podcasts are wonderful that way. You just get to listen to it. Whenever you want. Whenever you want. Hello in the 24 hours of the day. That's right. Now, the wonderful <laughs> thing is, is that unlike the radio, we can actually get into some, you know, into some depth with the podcast because people can, you know, they're not just in and out of the car in five minutes. Yeah. Uh, so they can stop it, re-listen, whatever. And so we can approach deeper subjects. And I really like that. Me too. I really right. do like that. Yes. Now, I love bringing Trina on. She's a new trader. And I am. So sometimes I have the tendency, because I'm such a, a nerd at this, mm-hmm. right, to uh, start using words and, and phrases and ideas that people don't, regu- that most people don't understand. That's true. And, and I just <laughs> take it for granted that everybody should understand that. And so sometimes I'm talking over people's heads and I don't, I don't want to do that especially here. And there's moments where I'll plain. say, I don't understand what you're saying, or um, can you really explain that in a different way? <laughs> you're very kind, you do. You're very and she's patient <laughs> with me. But yeah, so I, I want everything to be very plain. In fact, one of the questions that I get in, in the free class, mm-hmm. one of the most common things that I hear when, when people come to the free class is, they say, look, I think that if I can just get the lingo down, then I'll understand what people are saying and I'll be able to trade and invest. Well, that's that's really important is to get to ling- lingo down because you kind of are you are learning a new language. You're learning and you're it's almost like mathematics, like you're mm-hmm. learning a whole new way to process information. But it's not mathematics and the language <laughs> is still in English. You just need to know the lingos and the acronyms and things like that. Right. I, I, as a nurse, I have to remind myself when I'm talking to people, they don't know what ABG means arterial blood gas so we took we took <laughs> we took some blood from your artery to see like how well you're oxygenating and how well you're perfusing you know and stuff and so sometimes i i have to break that down for them and so that's the same thing in trading when you're talking with someone who is very expert on what they're doing they go into these acronyms and you're like i don't know what you're saying so don't be afraid to say i don't know what you're saying and i'm glad that people are saying i just need to understand the lingo and the language yeah, absolutely um now during the during the free three-hour class you know, when we're talking to them, I'm usually telling them, look, I'm not going to use a whole bunch of lingo here Mm -hmm. because I want you to get the overall idea of how it works. We can get into lingo later when you're actually deciding, hey, this is what I want to do. I'm going to actually trade or invest. Right now, I just want everybody to understand, you know, the idea of how it works, the strategies, the, you know, the, the person that you have to be in order to be a good trader or investor. investor. Yeah. Right. Well, and also like when I took your preview class and granted Aaron had already, we'd already been, he had already been working here for like a year, right. At online training Academy. And he was like, you got to come into my preview. I'm like, I don't need to come into your preview. I don't care. Just like, (laughs) you know, and one day he was teaching one of his, one of his, um, one of the people that worked here and he, and he said, well, let me explain this. And he pulls something up on the board and he went through like 401ks and he went through if you invested on your own and like the difference between the fees, a self, yeah, like a self-directed yeah. or, or even just a stock account that you did. And, and I was sitting there and I went, Oh my gosh, I wish I would have known this 20 years ago. I literally <laughs> said that. I was like, I would have totally understood what I was saying to the guy who was doing my 401k. And, 
I just, I didn't, and I, and then I was like, okay, I'm, I'm coming yeah. into your market timing class, and um, let's go over the preview again, so I understand it. So it was, it was really it was fun. A great it was a great experience. Yeah. So I highly encourage anyone who's about to go sign up for the 401ks or at work or something, come into the preview class. It really. It really makes a difference. Mm -hmm. It really does make a difference. And you'll understand, because I remember every time I would go in and I would talk to like the representatives for the 401k, they didn't answer my questions and I didn't understand what they were saying. And the other day someone came in and they go, oh my gosh, I wish I would have understood this when I was talking to my 401k representative. I mean, they were literally saying the same thing that I said three years ago. And so two or three years ago, three years ago, I think, and they just run together as the years run together as you get older. But anyways, and so, like, and I said, I know, right? Like they were, it was really kind of fun just to kind of talk to him. And, and he's like, I didn't even know. I yeah. didn't even know what I didn't know. And he goes, most people don't even know this. And that, that was, I was like, I know, right? That's totally crazy. So make sure you come into one of our previews because it yeah, really is yeah. worth your three hours. But, but be careful because you, you leave thinking this is so cool, right? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody course. does. Of course. That's right. You become a nerd like me. All right. <laughs> now, the, <laughs> the title of this the title Small of this EOA. program. <laughs> That's right. I know. Not to scare anybody, but yeah, I nerd out about this all the time. Yeah. The title of this, um, of this, I don't know what to call it, uh, installment. Podcast. Podcast, installment, that, the, whatever it yeah. is. All right. Is doing nothing is the biggest risk in the markets. All right. Now, I want to explain that. So, you know, and the why I'm talking about that is this week, you know, we've seen a, the markets continue to trend sideways, even as we continue to get negative forward guidance from companies, which actually should pull the markets down, right? Well, once again, the economy, like I kind of agree with Kelly Boykes, one of our teachers, the markets do not reflect the true economy. Like you yes. just got to go with what the market and the charts are no, saying. Yeah, Kelly is absolutely right. Now the markets used to come a lot closer, mm -hmm. right? Uh, the markets used to used to reflect it, but that was back when the only people that were in the markets actually knew what they were doing, right? So back <laughs> before the internet came about, um, the people that were trading all had to um, all had to know what they were doing in order to just get on the floor. Uh, you know, whether it was the New York Stock Exchange or the um, were the CBOE that there in Chicago it didn't matter where you were going if you were actually going to trade or invest on your own you had to understand what you were doing and communicate with other brokers that knew what they were doing so that you could just pull off the trade now back then we would look at the reports and we would understand that hey this is a stock certificate and a stock certificate is ownership in a company mm -hmm. and therefore the stock certificate that I hold should be valued at what the company is worth based on its current revenue and assets mm -hmm. divided by the number of stocks that are there. Mm -hmm. And that's why you didn't see a whole bunch of movement in the market in any given day or in any given month, really. You know? Unless like you were having really bad days. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you saw a big movement in like 1987 when um, you, you remember the when they were trying to do away with all of the, um, what were they called, savings and loans? Yeah. Yeah. All of the savings oh, no, and loans and the credit unions had to switch over to be more like banks and things like that. Mm -hmm. And that caused real problems in the market uh, mm -hmm. because there was a liquidity 
a credit crunch, I suppose, back in 1987. And that caused some big movements, mostly downwards, because all of the professionals understood that if banks are having a hard time getting hold of cash, if there's a credit crunch, then that's going to affect businesses and businesses aren't going to have as much revenue and therefore their stock should be worth less. And so there was a big sell-off, mm-hmm. you know, forward-looking saying, all right, businesses are going to suffer. And they were absolutely right. Yeah. The same thing is happening today, but because the majority of the market trading has no clue, you know, what, what any of this stuff means, because they're not financially intelligent, they're still trading at the same levels thinking, oh, well, it, it'll go away. And so we're not seeing the same downward pressure that we saw back then. Well, and I mean, like, there are changes in the markets when reports are released, you know, on Wednesday when the oh, sure. GDPs and things like that. But then it kind of just stabilizes in a way. Yeah. Or, or it's not it's not creating the swings like it would have in the 80s and 90s. We're like, oh, that was a bad report or it's looking bad. You know, I don't know. At least that's my understanding. No, no. You're, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. And and therefore, Kelly is right, okay? Yeah. Um, it still does affect things. The reports still affect things. But the reports affect what the professionals are doing, not what everybody else is doing. Yeah. And the professionals are all happy if everybody else is still willing to buy their over, you know... Overinflated prices. Yeah, their overinflated, you know, stocks. Well, and it's really... And so now it's just like, well, what do you think it's worth? And that's what we'll sell it at, and that, or that's what we'll, you know, buy oh, back. Yeah, you know, you're, you're 100 you know. correct. Yeah, today's today's thing is not what is the stock certificate valued at. It's hey, if I buy it at this price, is there going to be a bigger sucker out there than me that will buy it for more than what I bought it at? <laughs> and that's really the mentality that well, we that have in the markets. Well, that makes me sad. Today. I don't want to think of people as suckers. <laughs> <Gosh>. <laughs> well, if you don't have a basis, a mathematical basis for what it's valued at, then that's really the only thing that you've got to look forward to, right? Yeah. Because the only reason you buy it is so that it will go up and you can sell it to somebody for more than mm-hmm. what you bought it at. Yeah. And if you have no idea, then the only thinking has to be, is there somebody out there willing to buy it for more than what I bought it for? And so like, so the PE ratios, while they're, they're yeah. good at pointing to you at a stable company, they're, but it's really what, how uh, people feel. Yeah. People don't even know what a PE ratio is anymore. Okay. Right. I just spoke over some people's <laughs> heads. Sorry. <laughs> I barely understand that too, so it's all right. It's a profit and earnings no, ratio. It, yeah, it's it price. price. Price divided by profit. There you go. Price divided by earnings. Price divided by earnings. Yes. And so the, the price of the stock is divided by the earnings of yes, the year. Yes, by the, the earnings year. per share. So per it, share. Yeah, earnings so if you look if you look in the numbers, you'll see earnings per share or, you know, as one of the numbers there, and then you've got the price. And if you divide those two, it will equal the PE ratio that you're currently looking at. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're also and some and, and more of an expert trader would use that to say, is this worth my money? But now well, it's more of we just have. go by the charts. We're just yeah. like, oh, you know what? The PE ratio doesn't say it's a great company, but everybody else is, it looks like it's going to have great movement. It has yes. great movements on the chart is what right. I should yeah, be saying. Yeah, so we've become more of a short-term uh, you know, kind of, we're, we're much less in these days investors than we are traders. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to hold it for a much shorter amount of time. Um, and so does the PE ratio, does the quality of the company actually matter if you plan to get rid of it next week before the company? The stock, could, yeah, not before, the company. <laughs> well, right. You're buying a piece of a company. Right? Yeah. But yeah, before the, the, the company actually announces anything bad that's going on before, yeah. before any, 
anything is really going to happen to it. Do you care about the longevity or do you care about the growth in the time frame that you want to hold it? Yeah. And that's the new attitude, right? But yeah, we've seen some the predominant bad ab- attitude, you know. Yeah, we're still we're still working with the debt ceiling, which should also mm-hmm. push things down. All right. Um, now that hasn't really affected the markets, even though, you know, again, back before the internet, the markets would have been going nuts, just yeah. going down, thinking that we might default. But we've been through this so many times with these politicians. <laughs> Everybody's expecting that eleventh hour you know, sign, deal to be deal signed. To we're not going to gonna really default. I don't, I, I don't know any serious investor who really thinks we're going to default. Yeah. And I don't know any serious politician who's willing to admit that it's going to default. Well, we haven't seen yeah. them say that, no. so we don't know. Yeah, so there's going to be but something pretty, 11th hour, which is probably yeah. why it's not doing it. But we do continue to see the bond market inversion, and that's when the short-term notes, like the two-year notes, mm-hmm. actually pay out better than the 10-year, ten the long notes. notes. Okay. And that's an indication that the smart money thinks that we're going to have financial problems. And, and then the market will be going down. Right. And so they're, they they're going into cash or they're going into bonds because they're like, I think I'm going to make more money. Well, right. So they Potential. pull their money. They, a good investor always wants the money working for them. Right. And so if you're thinking that the, the stock market is going to have negative returns over the next year. It's going to be a little bit more risky. Then you're going to go into bonds, which while it doesn't pay very much, I think mm-hmm. the two-year note right now, which is paying better than the 10-year note, is it? Uh, 4.6%. Okay. That's better than negative percentage. Mm-hmm. And right? then losing. Okay. Right. And so the smart money is pushing over, right? Now, I'm not telling well, everybody to We shall to go see and if it's that. smart because you just don't know with well, the new investors, right? I mean, like, it's just. Okay. So that's some more lingo. Okay. When I talk about the smart money, what I'm talking about is the, uh, um, are the wealthy investors. Okay. Right? I did interpret that that way. Yes. So Th- those that, those that have been around the block for a little while. Yeah. Right. All right. In the face of all of that, it is tempting to decide that not moving is the best thing to do. Right. And, and in fact, and in fact, most of the brokers or financial planners, advisors, whatever, will tell you to do just that. Do nothing. Just stand there. Right. Yeah. And keep your money where it is. Hold on. Keep it's it always going to come back. Yeah. All right. Now, I want you to do yourself a favor because this is a podcast. All right. <laughs> And, and so I don't have to worry about you trying to uh, manage your phone while you're driving <laughs> uh, because you're listening to the radio. But do yourself a favor. Go over to the computer, pull up a Google search page and search this que- question. Just type into the search box, do financial planners beat the market? Okay. Now, the first thing that you should see, the answer uh, is uh, from um, Business Insider. Mm-hmm. If you're doing this, you know, fairly quickly after you listen to this or after it's after we post okay. it, I suppose. Mm-hmm. All right. The first thing you're going to see is decades of data show that individual advisors, even the highest paid, do not consistently beat the market indexes. Plus, their advice is expensive, which reduces your investable assets each year, resulting in lower long-term re- uh, returns. That's your fees. Yes. <laughs> That's yeah. So, you know, scroll down and you'll see article after article, study after study that that goes. In fact, one of the studies from study.com. Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine it's called study.com. They but it's studies. a dot com. So like as the schools would say, you can't. That's yeah, it's right. not a dot org. So you may not want to trust it. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but it goes so far as to say that 98 percent of funds. Now, these are mutual funds or mm-hmm. 401ks or, you know, things like that. 98 uh, percent of funds don't beat the market. This, the market being the S&P 500, okay? okay? And so 
So the thing is, is that this is kind of a big deal when investing because you always have a choice as to where to put your money and what to do with your money. Mm-hmm. You know, sh- should I hand it to an advisor? Yeah. Should I hand it to them and, and just let them do it for me? Well, if you're not going to invest and you don't ever want to do that, then I say, go ahead, give it to your advisor. You might yeah. as well have some growth. It's like the talents, you know, don't be hiding your money in the dirt, you know, like right. have a little bit of growth if that's what you're going to do. I mean, if you really, if you really don't want to do that, so well, be it. Right. You know? And so, so here's the thing, you know, we'll, we'll go over this, you know, the numbers show that the advisors don't beat the market. Right. They because, don't beat the market. Yeah, and, they're, and if they do get profits, they're going to eat it up in fees. Well, yeah. A lot of it. Yeah, most Maybe of them aren't beating the market in the first place, and still they're taking their fee. So you right. well underperform the market. In fact, um, Credit Donkey reports that uh, that over the last 20 years, well, uh, over the last 20 years, and this report is looks like a couple years old, but from 2020 to 2022, mm-hmm. and that's before the recent market drop, right? Um, mutual funds. No, 2020, 2022? No. I'm sorry, from 20, I'm sorry, not from 20, from 2000 to 2020. That period of twenty years, the market, the two decades till March twenty twenty, because that's right. when the market well, the dropped. Were still going up. Okay. No, okay. no, no. Right this before. was from yeah January to January. Oh, January. Okay. Right. So Sorry, I was going to call dropped. you on it. I know. See you guys. I know. I, yep, you're protecting everybody. But uh, <laughs> from January to I'm January, I'm not protecting here. everybody. I'm just like, <laughs> I'll call him on it. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, let's be very clear. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, no, you know what? I'm wrong. It was from January two thousand. January 2000, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, to December 2020. Now, the market was up in 2020. Okay. No, it dropped it, in March it dropped in, in March, 2020. But it, but it recovered. Yeah, and went higher. And went higher. Yeah, you're right. Yes. Okay, there you go. Okay, so during that those 20 years. Because I remember that day and I went, everything just went on sale. That's exactly right. <laughs> oh, it was a beautiful time to pick things up. Yeah. yeah. But, um, but uh, during that 20-year time frame, uh, mutual funds performed on average at four point six seven percent. Okay. Now the the S and P five hundred did eight point one nine percent during the same time frame. Okay, so that's a double. Oh percentage. yeah, it, it, it well, you know, it it blows out the mutual funds. Wow. Okay. Um, so you always have the choice, <laughs> and if you're going to the financial planner and they're trying to put you into mutual funds, and ninety eight percent of them are underperforming the S&P, uh-huh. then number one, you know, you're probably looking at your financial planner saying, what? Why would you do that to me? Yeah. Right? And if they don't know any better, if they really are sold on the idea that mutual funds, you know, are the best thing that you could possibly do instead of just <laughs> getting into the SPY, the index yeah. fund, which is 500 of the best, the best performing com- companies in the financial markets. And then with, if they lose their status, they take them out and they replace them with another That's exactly best performing right. company. And so it, it, mutual funds just keep on those those companies. So if it's underperforming, you're just investing in an underperforming yeah. company. Yeah. And so fund. you've got the choice, you know, do I hand my money to this person and most financial planners are not beating the market or should I just go and do it myself and just set up uh, my own Roth IRA so that I put the money in and it automatically buys, you know, the S&P 500, the SPY or something like that. Well, you just, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and, and and outperform what they could have done for me if they're not one of the 2%, which they're probably not, you know. Um, so the, the point of this diatribe, you know, getting back to the original <laughs> thought is that, you know, which is that most financial advisors would tell you to sit tight during financial storms. Mm-hmm. 
And if most financial advisors and gurus, whatever, are constantly underperforming the market all by themselves, constantly underperforming what the market will do all by itself mm-hmm. without paying fees, um, and the market's all giving you, you know, not the market, but the the financial advisors are all giving you the same advice, or mm-hmm. the majority of them, mm-hmm. while the majority of them don't mm-hmm. outperform the market, then you have to start wondering if these gurus are worth listening to. <laughs> okay. So here we are, and, and you know maybe taking advice from that group isn't a good idea, but but let's just go with logic here. Let's let's just try this logic test, okay? If you were standing outside and it started to hail some good size hail balls, okay? Right? So here we've got a storm. Um, would you stand there and wait for it to be over, or would you look for some cover? <laughs> well. I would get undercover. You would get under some cover. And okay, I put but, my car in the garage. But if you actually <laughs> start moving, then the risk is that you could slip on some of this these slippery ice balls and you could hurt yourself. I'd still move. You'd still move. And that, that's the logical thing to do. You'd take the risk of moving, right? <laughs> because if you don't, then you are guaranteeing yourself that you're going to you know, even if you survive the experience, then you're guaranteeing yourself that you're going to have a whole bunch of, you know, tiny dents in your head or something from I, all these hail balls. I don't think I've ever seen someone get dents in their head from <laughs> hail balls. Oh, well, these, these are But I do know that it does prick. It does prick and hurt a little bit. Yeah. So there well, you go. Well, these are golf ball size you know, golf ball size. This is, this is a tornado. This, this is a tornado oh, hail yeah. Sp- these, these are okay. bad. Okay. These are East Coast or Midwest hail balls here. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway. Can you say balls <laughs> one more time? <laughs> oh, my Oh, you had to go there, didn't you? I did. I'm <laughs> All sorry. Right. So <laughs> the thing is, is you know that if you stand there in yeah. the storm, you're going to get hurt. You're going to get hurt or get some bruises. Yeah. yeah. If you actually move, then there is a possibility that you could slip and fall and hurt yourself. Yeah. But it's a possibility. Move not, cautiously in not a hailstorm. Not a guarantee. <laughs> yeah. All right. So here a financial storm comes. And if you just stand there, then what you are holding is going to go down and you're losing. Mm-hmm. And it's going to stay a loss for a while, probably, mm-hmm. especially in this environment where the Federal Reserve is not going to be printing money to push things back up or lowering interest rates, to push things back up. Mm-hmm. And so we have another protracted um, you know, downturn in the markets, much like we had after 1987, or like we had uh, from 2000. Did you know if you bought, if you bought something in the markets, the average thing in the market, okay. in the year 2000, you didn't actually start making money on it until 2013 if you held it. 13 years. Because of the downturn in 2008 and 2009. Well, yes, okay, but that's a protracted downturn, and that's what the numbers suggest that we're going to be in here, protracted downturn. But yeah, and so I think it's really important that if you're going to be investing in the markets that you understand the charts and you're able to read them and to understand and also understand when when reports come out, how that can affect the market. Yeah, and you know what? Financial storms and real storms are really not all that different. Um, the sensible thing to do is to go and look for some cover and not get, you know, get beat up by the hail balls or washed away with the rain or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. The sensible thing to do is, is get out of the storm. Yeah. All right. And there are ways to get out of the storm, but the, I don't know, common nonsense that you're Mm -hmm. going to get from the financial advisors is, oh no, hold on. It doesn't, it makes a lot of sense to them because their paycheck depends upon you staying in the markets. They get paid with, by money under management. 
Yeah. Right. But it makes zero sense. Even if you take the losses, they still get paid. And look, if you've got a financial advisor and you like them and they're doing great things for you, great. You know, stay with them. That's wonderful. You know, I'm happy for you and and you figured it out. But if you're like, you know what? I keep getting hit and I don't have another 10 years, you know, to get hit again or something. Or I want to I want to I want to be able to take a little bit more control of my of my retirement accounts or right. or I want to become a day trader, then you really need to understand the tools, rules, and strategies of the market. Exactly. You really need to get that under your belt because if you just start trading, a lot of people, I like a guy came in here the other day and he was like, he was like, man, I've been trading with this person on YouTube. He keeps getting richer and I keep losing money. I don't know what's <laughs> going on. And he goes, and I came into one of your classes and I was like, holy cow they're actually teaching me something. And I was like, yeah, yeah, we really care about that you guys, that a trader becomes educated and understands the market moves. Well, since we're not actually making money with some, with other people's money, the the only way that we do well is if people, you know, rate us well and tell everybody, I'll tell their friends to, you know, to come in and and learn from us as well. Yeah. And, And so, you know, it makes a lot of sense for us to do the best that we can for everybody and to help them do really well with their money. It's true. Well, and I'm really excited because like I, um, so I'm a registered nurse and, um, every few years I have to renew my license and Arizona has, um, a different way of renewing your license. You either have to be an active nurse you have to have hours or you or you have to go take a refresher course and uh an opportunity came up where i could um start working at an old company that i had uh remotely um as a registered nurse and so i i took it and i i started working and i picked up all my clinical hours and then um some things happened and i wasn't i i just you know felt like we needed i just stopped working i was like you know what i got my clinical hours and and I need back. to, you know, be at home or whatnot with my kids. And so I got my license, I got my license renewed, which was really nice. And I got paid for it. But in, in the company that I was working for, they actually um, offer a 401k, right? Like typical healthcare company, they offered a 401k, but they also author, offer, offered an Roth IRA 401k and they, they match. match in, yeah. yeah. And they would match in a traditional IRA. And after taking the education classes, I was like, I'll take the Roth IRA, like, and they're like, are you I'll, sure about that? And I'm I'll all, pay those taxes. I will front. pay those yeah. taxes up front <laughs> because when, when I go to retire and I get to retirement age, I can take that money out with, and that any profit that I made without paying taxes. And yeah. so I said, you could make millions and millions of dollars with the dollars you've got in there yeah. and not, not pay a dime more in taxes than you've already paid. Yeah thousands or hundreds of thousands and not pay one more dot. And I was like, I will do that. Right. And so I was really excited. And I thought like they were matching me in the Roth IRA, like the company was actually paying their taxes and putting it in my Roth IRA. No, 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 no. they were not. They were doing it in a like traditional kind of thing. And I was all confused and I was getting mad and, and stuff like when, cause like I stopped working there. And, and so what ended up happening is that I, I'm, I'm about to fund do a rollover and fund my own Roth IRA account and start trading out of that. And so I rolled over the Roth IRA portion that I, that I, um, already paid my taxes. Right. And I'm going to, and I kept it in a Roth. Now it's self-directed. And then the match, they were like, okay, so do you want us to roll it over to a traditional IRA? And I said, no, I want you to take it out, pay the cash, cash it out, pay the taxes and give it to me. And what I'm going to do is deposit it 
and then put it into my Roth IRA because I've paid the taxes on it. You just have yeah. to have the record of the taxes. And I, I mean, I mean, I was researching it and making sure I'm doing this correctly. And I'm, and I'm pretty sure I am. And so, so I will not have to pay taxes when I go to liquidate that Roth IRA mm-hmm. um, at the time of liquidation, which is what, 59 or is it 65? Um, I'm no, not it's, sure. It's, That's one thing yeah, I haven't... it's 55. Re- it's, I thought it was 59. Right oh, it's 55? 55, yeah. you can start withdrawing. You can start withdrawing without any penalties. And yeah. I was like, what the heck? But nobody talks about this when you go and talk to your to the, to the 401k representative. I remember we had like this fair and I was walking around. Nobody was telling me. And it wasn't until I started taking the classes where someone was like, why don't you do a wrath? And it was all, what? What are you talking about? You know, like, I know <laughs> there's something about that because what they would say is like, well, you got to pay your taxes before you put your money in there. But the thing that I'm looking at is I'm like, I don't want to pay taxes when I'm pulling it out. Like, so the growth, as yeah. I can pull it out after I get the growth. So I'm like super excited to be doing this. And so I've been boning up my skills and I've been watching like, <laughs> I've been, you know, cause you know, and, and I've been watching, like we have something called as students, we have something called extended learning tracks which is called Uh xlts we shorten it for and after you take like a futures class or an options class or a course class you can get on and watch a professional trade and they explain why they're taking the trades what they're doing and so i've been like watching them and i'm all okay okay i'm getting ready because i'm going i'm going to be getting ready to start trading this Oh, money some of those with and, the and, professionals and there. taking some of those you know watching them how they do and be like is that a good trade do i agree with them do i see where the where i need to go in and and take the you know set my stop losses and do i see the same movement okay i'm going to do that and so it's been such a great education for me to be able to go and do that and to watch it and i've been talking to my nephew and he's like yeah every Monday and Wednesday I'm on the extended learning track and i'm watching it and i'm seeing what they're doing and if i agree with them I'm, I'm taking some of those trades or, or, I mean, like, or I'm, you know, or I'm, I'm seeing how they see that movement and then I'm going to go take a trade that has similar movement and price changes and stuff. And like I was on this week and on Monday, the instructor was all, you know what? I, the S and P, if you don't feel comfortable with taking this trade because of the movement in the S and P, you can take a confirmation trade out instead. If it comes into your mm-hmm. demand zone, which means you that- going which means that uh, you know a professional always knows where the tops and bottoms are before that it actually hits the bottom. But yeah. there's always some doubt as to whether it really is the bottom. It could break through the bottom, and now if you and then you get wiped out on your trade, well, yeah, you, your you, stop loss. If you've actually taken you it, lose then you're going to start losing down to your stop loss, right? So your stop loss, and so you lose your stop loss money. And so like, yeah. so he's like, but if it turns around, you can say if it's going to turn around and not hit hit my stop loss, then come. W- coming out of that zone that I've yeah. picked. Once it starts picking back, back up, up, it's confirmed that that was actually the bottom. Now it's, it's time confirmed to take that's it. the bottom and you take it. And so he, yeah. and, and I just watched. efficiency, but you get the confirmation. You get the confirmation. And and what I liked about that was because not only he was, oh, I, I hit the microphone because I was so excited, you guys. But not only was he saying, look, the stock market is trading kind of weird right now. Like the S&P 500 is trading a little bit weird right now. And so if mm. you're not comfortable in trading that, you know, you don't have to, you can take a confirmation trade and stuff like that. Like these are all just examples that he gives. And one of our, one of our student support people, um, and teachers, he was like, you know what? The S and P has been really wonky 
in the mm-hmm. last couple of weeks. And so I just kind of, I just kind of stopped trading. Like there's moments where pe- where certain traders will say, I'm just going to put my hands in my lap and not trade right now until I really understand what's going on with S&P. And he's like, so now I'm moving over to yeah. this market instead and studying this market to see what's going on. And so when he said that, and then the XLT um, instructor said that I was like, okay, I, I want to see the movements that they're, that they're seeing and stuff. And I could see what he was saying, you know, and I was going back in the charts and looking at the history. And so I really felt empowered at that moment. And so now I'm really excited to be like <laughs> getting back on the saddle and, and getting ready and trading my own money and, well, and, and, and the it, thing is, know, is so that she, cool. she's really excited about trading, you know, inside of her Roth IRA. Yes, it's I a am. Self-directed Roth IRA because she loves the idea of not worrying about the tax bill. Yeah. Now the taxes are something that everybody. I'm always about, about paying my tax bill, but like you oh, know, no. <laughs> I know, like <laughs> I will pay, but like if I don't have to pay, I'm gonna pay. You know what I mean? So yes. there you go. Yes. So, um, yeah, the uh, you know everybody worries about that, and in fact, it becomes an excuse as to why to just you know, hold during a downturn. Yeah. Well, I, I don't want to, I don't want to have to pay the taxes and it always comes back. Now it always doesn't come back. And but, particularly but if you take stocks. it out, if you take your money out and then you, you know, in, and you let it go down within a certain amount of time, if you put it back in the markets, you're not paying taxes on within that. 30 days, within 30 days That's exactly in right. the same stock, right? In, in, my stock. Cr- yes. in the same stock. So like, you just got to know the rules. Yes. Yeah. So there are a lot of rules for, for those that understand what they're doing mm-hmm. so that they can, you know, do smart things. Right. Um, and it ends up, you know, it turns out that you pay a heavy price for being ignorant <laughs> and yeah. not knowing what you're doing. All right. But, um, but it never made sense to me, the idea that my maximum tax bill, if I've held something for, uh, you know, for 50 or for uh, 365 days, one year. Mm-hmm. If I've held it already that long, then, then you know I'm doing long-term capital gains, which is which is fifteen percent for the first four hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. So you can't convince me if I think that this stock is going down more than fifteen percent. You're not going to convince me to stay in it. Yeah, but I would rather take the tax hit and get into something that's going up during that time rather than rather than let it sink more than fifteen percent and then languish there for a while until it picks back up. Yeah. That seems ridiculous to me. Oh, you don't want to pay taxes. And I always hate that when someone says, Well, are you sure you want to pay the taxes? I'm like, yeah. there's there's worse things than paying taxes. Like if I can make a profit during that time that outperforms the taxes, the yeah. tax burden, I'm gonna do that instead. Yeah. Do you know who else doesn't hold stocks that that are losing? Warren Buffett. All right. Yeah. So I want to end this. I'm going to end this by just reading some quotes and talking about them really fast. Okay? Wait, wait. But he did have a quote. My favorite, my favorite, what? My favorite uh, stock hold is forever, right? But then. Well, he had that back in this in the 80s. He doesn't do that anymore. No, and he doesn't. Yeah, and everybody no, always quotes that. Now he's sitting on $88 billion worth of cash because he cashed out of a whole bunch of stocks at the top of the market last year. And he hasn't seen what he thinks is the bottom. And so he's still sitting in cash. Yeah. That's a market timing strategy, not a buy and hold forever strategy. Right. And you know? he's paying his taxes, I yeah. guess. Well, I don't know. Maybe he's not because it's a business. Uh, no, sure. Yeah. <laughs> he's still got to do that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so when we're talking about stocks or, or, you know, or equities, cash equivalents, because stocks are cash equivalents. If you can, if you can sell and get cash right away, mm-hmm. right, anything that you can get rid of at the snap of the fingers and, and yeah. turn into cash is cash equivalent. Yeah. Okay. And so you have to look at it as cash. Right. Which means that if you're in a stock that is going down, mm-hmm. then whether you've cashed it out or not, you're in a losing position. Yeah. You know, and it makes zero sense 
to me to hold that. And it doesn't make any sense to Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett said this. He, he's got a wit. Mm-hmm. I love this guy, right? He always explains things in a, <laughs> well, in a way that everybody can understand. That's great. So he, he said, should you find yourself in a chronically leaking boat, energy devoted to changing the vessel to changing vessels is likely more productive than the energy devoted to patching the leaks. Yep. Meaning, hey, if it's not paying you, get out. Because he also said, number one rule of investing, don't lose. <laughs> well, if you're holding something that's down for 10 years, guess what? I, I, just, I can just imagine him knocking you on the head and going, number one rule, don't, don't lose. lose, right? In fact, he backed it up. He said, number two rule, refer to rule number one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. So the equity may go up over time, but time has been lost. And when you're investing, all right, there are there are two things that you have to look at. Two things make a difference in in investing, mm-hmm. 100% in the outcome of the investment. Number 1 is time in the market. Mm-hmm. Okay? Because of compounding interest, anytime you're sitting out of the the market, anytime your money isn't growing, then you're losing a lot of time. Yeah. All right? And so you want that money continually growing over time to take advantage of the compounding nature mm-hmm. that the market has to offer. Mm-hmm. And in the markets, there's always something going up. All right. There's yeah. never been a market so bad that something's not going up. Yeah. And when I was taking, um, so I have invested in the stock market and stuff like that. And when I was taking the, the classes for the stocks, it's called core strategy. Mm-hmm. One of our um, student support was like, look, and also the teacher is like, look, if it's, if you don't stick in one stock, if your stock's doing bad today, like, and, and that's the only one that you ever trade and blah, 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 but you wanted to trade something that day, start looking around. There's a ton of stocks and something's doing good. I, you know, yes. they're like, it's very rare that all stocks go down, you at know, the exact same at time. this exact yeah, same time. That's things, very rare. Yeah. There are things like the SH that inverse the S&P 500. Yeah. Meaning that when the S&P 500 goes down, the that SH one, goes up. The SH naturally. goes up it's naturally, a short of the S- and you'll S&P. just and you'll just watch it. You'll just watch it. Just boom, it just goes up, and you'll watch. And actually, there's been more movement in the S and H, in the re- SH, in the SH. Sorry, yeah. in the SH, than there has been in years. Mm-hmm. Because and so like there's this kind of like, is it going to go? Isn't it going to go? And people are just kind of like, <laughs> well, I don't they're know. Using you know, day by day, they're using on what it, the market's doing. Yeah, right? whatever the market's doing, they're using yeah. it day by day. And so like. So there's always something else that you can invest in, but you but you got to become educated. And so like these meme stocks that are going off, like uh, yeah, that's just too so dangerous. It's too unpredictable, and you could be one of the poor people that get caught in buying, you know, something yeah. that's well overrated, and then nobody else is buying it. Yeah, if you weren't and you in just on the lost floor, like seventy. If you weren't in on the ground floor, then you're not one of the winners. Well, and I almost think these mean stocks are people who bought up a bunch of it and are like, I'm just going to like put it out there. And yeah. then, and then they're, well, you know, they're, you're ferme- they're right. fomenting, fomenting it. the yeah. market to make it go up and then just take your money. Yeah, no, they're, you're exactly right. In fact, the Wolf of Wall Street went to jail just for that. Yeah. You know, way back when. Uh, that was that was closer to 2000. Um, but yeah, we've had people go to jail for some of the mean stocks already. Because that's exactly what they're doing. At any rate, at any rate, so there's time in the market, and then there's timing of the market. Right. And Warren Buffett is a believer in timing of the market, and he's right? had time in the market. Like there are oh, yeah. stocks that, like he's like, I'll just throw an option on that. I'll still make money. 
you know, oh, because sure. he bought it at such a great deal, right? But like, then there's other things of timing that he's timing the market. Yes. Where he's like, I'm willing to pay yeah. that amount. Coca-Cola isn't growing a great deal, Mm-mm. but he bought it back, you know, so far back that for the money that he spent on it then, it's still a great deal with the dividend that he's got. Yeah, and he's it, getting dividends. It's only paying out, yeah. It, on today's dollars, it's only paying out a three, uh, what, 3% dividend? Yeah. But at the price he bought it, no, that's like a, a 15% dividend. <laughs> You can't do better than that, right? <laughs> exactly. So he's holding that baby for all it's worth and telling and everybody And that's to why drink he Coke. drinks Coke. Yeah. And I'm like, I like Pepsi more now. <laughs> I used to love Coke. Now I'm a Pepsi girl. I'm like, well. Yeah. Anyway, so timing of the market. <laughs> Here's what he said about timing of the market. Opportunities come in frequently, meaning that all equities will find a low point, but mm-hmm. it's not very often. Yeah. But when 2020 comes around and all of a sudden, you know, they're going to shut down the markets and are they going to shut down, down the, the, all the companies? And so the markets just drop yeah, just bottom out because everyone's like, how are they going to do it? How yeah. are they going to survive? It's crazy. That is exactly the time to buy when everybody right? else is freaking out. Yes. And he said opportunities come in frequently, but when it rains gold, put out a bucket, not a thimble, meaning, hey, that's when you buy everything. Right. And so you, you, you want to time the market um, in timing the market. Here's another thing that he said. And this one is really funny. Successful investing takes time, discipline, and patience. No matter how great the talent or effort, some things just take time. You can't produce a baby in one month by getting nine women pregnant. (laughs) 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 What? Okay, is it your? Is this like your goal every every time you have like a podcast to be like maybe go and then now I'm gonna cause other people? That's that's Warren Buffett's thing right there. Warren. Mm. (laughs) Another big risk is doing nothing. All right. And that's that's the title of the podcast, doing nothing. Um, So as in, if you're doing nothing, you're either not in the market and you've got zero money growing, you're putting it under a pillow and and by default, you know, inflation is just eating away your purchasing power, or you're abdicating your own role in your own retirement, handing it to somebody else who's probably part of the 90% of those financial gurus who are underperforming mm-hmm. the market mm-hmm. and letting them charge you for underperforming the market, right? <laughs> uh, so, so, you know, do something. Do something. Do something. I mean, you can let them still do it. You can still do it. If you're just like, you know what, that's just not for me, go yeah. right ahead. But if you're like, you know what, I think I want to take control, come yeah. on in. So we're going Let's to end with this. Yeah, we're going to end with this quote from Peter Lynch. The amateur investor has numerous built-in advantages that, if exploited, should result in his or her outperforming the experts and also the market in general. All right. Now, that, that's not a promise for me. That was a quote from Peter Lynch. Well, that's because you can do way more than yes. what someone like a 401k can do for you because you can short the market. Yeah, you can do options. You can use the futures. You can go into the forex. You can forex. use stops where they you can't can use, use stops. stops. You can do stops. You can use options where they can't use options. Yeah. Like I, I trade calling like um, my 401k people and I was like, hey, could you just put my money into the S&P? Yeah. And they're like, no. No, you can choose from one of our mutual funds. Yeah, what and that's what thinking? they did. And I was all, all right, that's fine. Just <laughs> yeah. keep my same thing. You know, I don't care. Yep. At, at yeah. any rate, you choose know, we're going to end right there because we've been talking for a long time. <laughs> but, um, you know, I hope, I hope that you've gotten something out of this. And the point of all of this is doing nothing 
guarantees you a failure. That's right. Don't don't bury it in yeah. the sand. Like get educated, at learn how to try do something. To do something. Do something. All right. The average four hundred one k at sixty five is only two hundred and sixty seven thousand dollars. That's not retirement. Mm-mm. So if you're just doing what the average person does, well, the average person doesn't have a good retirement or any kind of real retirement at all. So don't assure yourself a failure by doing nothing. At least do something. If you want to learn from us, we've got some free classes. It's really easy to get into the free class. You just give us a call. The number is 8448-TRADER. That's 844-887-2337. We've got them um, we've got the classes in person. That's mm-hmm. the best way to take it because you get to sometimes learn from yours truly. Um, <laughs> you get, uh, or we could do it online. Yeah. All right. And especially if you're not in the Phoenix area, then we've got online classes. So go ahead and give us a call and get into one of those. It's, it's wonderful, uh, kind of information. And, or you could go to www.tradingacademy.com mm-hmm. and then you can register for a class there in your local area. All right, so I hope you've enjoyed it. Please uh, go ahead and follow us, and we hope to see you next week on this show. Uh, So, yeah. Yeah, have a great time. We're excited to see you. Bye.